official congratulations on becoming the CEO and the president of the Apollo Theater. And I'm curious, what motivated you to, to obtain this leadership position here? Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's the Apollo. This is history, living history. And, you know, having had, you know, a journey of being many places in my career, the opportunity to be here at the Apollo was one that um, I was excited about, nervous, um, but honored to have this seat at this exciting time. Why were you nervous? It's the Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one Apollo yeah. and it's an awesome responsibility and one that I take, you know, very seriously. And, you know, the Apollo has been under the incredible stewardship of Janelle Procope for 20 years. Those are big shoes to step into. Uh, so I'm very pleased to be here, excited and a little nervous, which I think is good. Yeah. So tell us about that journey. And I want to know all the way back to your first job at what Wendy's, personal <laughs> trainer, whatever you did. Tell us about that journey to how you got here today. Oh, Rosemary, well, you know, I even, I believe even before the first job, you know, we're all really influenced by the people in our lives growing up, um, by our parents, our teachers, and my mother, um, was a public servant, you know, my dad, an entrepreneur, community leader, and, you know, in a business, you know, and, and as an entrepreneur, he had a dry cleaners in Liberty City, and we worked in the dry cleaners, and that gave me a sense of, of business um, and working with people. And, you know, one teacher I remember um, I was back in ninth grade and in the back row in class and passing notes with my best friend, Kirsten. And he called me out to ask a question because he knew I wasn't paying attention. And I answered the question, um, I think to his surprise. And he pulled me aside after class and said, you know, would you think about running for class president? And I think those experience really gave me an interest in business and in finance and loving to work with people. And my first job was as a financial analyst at what was NAP Communications in Los Angeles. So, you know, that was an opportunity to learn corporate finance, um, which was exciting uh, mm -hmm. to me. And, you know, in the publishing business, so to work with brands. Um, they published Architectural Digest and Bon Appetit, um, mm -hmm. which those weren't magazine subscriptions that we received in our household. <laughs> <laughs> Money. Yeah. Um, but it was exposure to brands and, you know, just areas of that people were enthusiastic about. Do you feel um, like you fell into that or is that what you wanted to do? Well, I wanted to get into finance and business. Okay. And the fact that it was a publishing company, so I got the opportunity to work with creatives, you know, writers, mm -hmm. photographers, 
um, designers was exciting because that was a world that I didn't have any exposure to. Yeah. But, you know, I loved it. Mm-hmm. So after this, after working with basically in the entertainment industry a little bit, what was next? Well, our company um, was acquired by Condé Nast um, mm-hmm. here in New York. And I had the opportunity then to move to New York. They relocated me. Um, and I worked for what was the largest private publishing company um, in the world. So my world went from Bon Appetit and Architectural Digest to Vanity Fair, Glamour, Vogue, <laughs> Gourmet. It well, that's exciting. expanded. It was very exciting <laughs> to be in New York City and, you know, to be at, you know, Condé Nast at what was the height of the publishing industry and the glamour and you know I even you know I met the publishers and editors-in-chief Anna Wintour I sat with her in her office (laughs) it was very it was a very exciting time but I was then a you know a business director Mm -hmm. Um, so still on the business side and you know helping to just manage budgets and strategic plans and and it was exciting yeah so i i kind of want to go back and pick it you being told you should run for vice president in school what do you think they saw you like what were those qualities of a leader that were seen at such a young age um i don't know (laughs) Um, honestly and i felt it felt strange because he you know, you know, her teacher, you know, Mike Stone, he sought me out. Um, and when he sat me down and said that I should run um, for student government, I, I was surprised, like, why? Um, and I don't know, but I listened. Mm-hmm. I listened and I just thought, why not? Um, and I put together my campaign and, um, ran and won. Um, so that was exciting. And I, I always reflect on, you know, you know, that moment and what he saw. And I still don't know, but I'm forever grateful to him. Well, can you think of a moment where you've done the same that your teacher has done for someone else, another young person? Oh, um, you know, I, countless times. That's been one of the joys of, you know, being, you know, in this, on this journey is working with people. Um, So many people I see that, that spark, that desire to learn, the creativity, the, the gifts that they have. And, you know, I, I seek that out, you know, that's a joy um, in the work that I do. So also with working with people, what about the power of mentorship and even just networking relationships? Is it as important as people say it is? Oh, for for me, Mm -hmm. it's one of the most important parts of just being engaged, you know, in work. Um, I, one, I love what I do. I love I love working in, you know, culture and with creatives and artists and in community. And I love people. 
I love connecting with people, learning from others. Um, I, I meet so many people and I think, wow, they're such a great writer or they're a terrific leader or a wonderful speaker or a great analyst. I always admire, um, you know, other people and it's been a great part of learning from others on this journey and just interesting people, interesting conversations, stories is, is one of the best parts about it. Well, Michelle, let's take it back. You're in New York City. You're in Anna Wintour's office. You're living the dream. You are that girl. <laughs> What's next? What happens? Um, well, then I was recruited to Time Inc. Okay. Um, and which was then, you know, division of Time Warner. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is interesting um, because it was a chance to work for a public company because I had worked, you know, for private companies previously. And being on the business side, you know, the challenge of working for a public company was, was um, one I couldn't resist. So I moved then to Time Inc. and worked at um, what was Money Magazine <laughs> um, in their business office in the Fortune Money Group and had my first foray into working for a public company. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear about some of those challenges you experienced and how did you overcome them? Well, the, um, it's just always a challenge when you're learning and growing. Um, it can always be, you know, a bit scary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, when you move to a public company and all of a sudden they're quarterly reports and, and, you know, just a different, you know, level of rigor on the financial side. Mm. Um, and a much, you know, in a larger company. Time Inc. was the largest publishing company in the world. And, you know, there were incredible, um, you know, managers, directors, leaders in the organization. Um, I, I learned a great deal, many of whom are you know, are still my friends. Well, did you experience any challenges from being a woman or a woman of color? You know, I, I did, um, you know, because, you know, then when you're, you know, the only one, you know, in a room mm -hmm. or just to be different. Um, and I guess I was as aware of being different, you know, as you would be, but, you know, you, you, you learn to adjust, you know, to that, you know, in time. But there were people, you know, I knew who felt, oh, she's in the job because she's black. Mm -hmm. And that's why she was hired. And, and I had one, um, in my first job at Time Inc., I felt that sense in the room, um, in the conference room where I was announced that, you know, the energy of, oh, they think I'm here because I'm black. Mm -hmm. And three months later, um, one of the marketing VPs took me to lunch. And he said, do you remember that day, your first day, and you were introduced? I said, yes, I do. And he said, I have to confess. You know, I went back to the office and I told people that you were hired, you know, because you were black. And I thought, I knew that. I knew that in my soul. 
Um, but it didn't distract me from the work at hand. And he said, I just um, want to tell you, I couldn't have been more wrong. Wow. So you talked about you just adjust. What does adjusting actually look like? Like for women who look like me, for mm -hmm. women who look like you, help us out. How does one adjust? Well, for me, it, and I believe others, it's just the focus on the work. There's work yeah. to do. And when you focus on the work, and I always strive for, you know, excellence, you know, where I knew I would never, uh, you know, perfection was out of reach, mm -hmm. but I wanted to do my best. And, and even more than that, I, want, I always wanted to be about change. It wasn't maintenance. You know, if I have the privilege of being in a role, what are we changing? What are we making better? And that was more important to me than whether someone thought I was qualified for the role. Um, that wasn't relevant to me mm -hmm. um, because I was there to make things better. So could you tell us, what are your experiences negotiating salary? Oh, I was never very good at negotiating. <laughs> it took a while to yeah. learn. Um, and, you know, honestly, you know, in the beginning, it was about investing in myself. Mm -hmm. I knew that the way in which I worked um, and, you know, sought to learn, it wouldn't be commiserate with, commensurate with my pay because I was going to outwork everybody else. Okay. <laughs> but I was making an investment in myself. And I knew that, you know, later that investment, you know, would, you know, pay off. And, and for me, it was about you know, competitive pay. Mm -hmm. You know, what if I took on a role or responsibility? You know, what's competitive? Mm -hmm. And I only wanted to be, you know, paid, you know, commensurate with the work that I was doing. Um, and so it all kind of fell in line. Um, but first, you know, it was me investing in myself. So I always felt as though I was capable yeah. um, and, you know, had a chance of being successful in the role. So what does investing in yourself look like? Oh, any chance that I had to, to learn. Um, if there was a new project, um, I'd raise my hand. Um, if, you know, there was a team that had, you know, a challenging assignment, I'd offer to help. Yeah. I took anyone out to lunch and coffee that would spend time with me so I could find out, you know, more about their roles and their journey. Um, I read everything I could about, you know, the company, the industry. Um, I love research. Um, uh, I've often been called a chief research officer. <laughs> because I'll, I'll study any and everything because it, it's interesting to me. So that's investing, mm -hmm. you know, in, in my 
in my industry, in my craft, in my work? Um, how can I create, be a part of creating change, of making something better than I left it? So investing in yourself, that also helped you outwork everyone. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, I wanted to learn. You yeah. know, that is, you know, my, my grandmother would often, you know, quote scripture to me. And it sunk in when she said, in all thy getting, get an understanding. Mm. Uh, that's first and foremost. We all want to get things. We right. all want whether it's recognition or pay or the next job, the next opportunity. And she said, in all thy getting, get an understanding. understanding. That makes sense. So we're at timing right now. That's where we are. Mm -hmm. Tell us what's next. Well, at Time Inc., um, that was when Ed Lewis, um, then the co-founder of Essence Communication, approached Don Logan, the CEO of Time Inc., to mm -hmm. partner, to create a partnership between Essence and Time Inc. And I was working for the CEO at the time um, as a VP of Finance, and I ended up working on the partnership deal and then became a deal point. <laughs> so once the partnership was struck, um, then I was uh, assigned to work on the partnership deal itself, reporting to Ed Lewis. Okay. Yeah, so then I ended up at Essence. You ended up at Essence, mm -hmm. the Essence. <laughs> the, so journey of working with brands yeah. and that were in service to communities um, that were engaged around a passion point. Mm -hmm. Essence is the ultimate brand with the most engaged community. And that subscription I received at our home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So yes, me too. It was a very special moment. Yeah. Tell us about it. Essence, the highs, the lows, you're finally working in a black space for the most yes. part. And what was yeah. that like? Um, well, it was tremendous. It was the, the pride of, you know, being at a brand with the founders. Mm -hmm. You know, Ed Lewis and Clarence Smith founded Essence. Yeah. You know, you could be an executive, you know, at a brand, but to be the founder is something that's quite, quite special. Yeah. And then, you know, the editor-in-chief, you know, to be in meetings with Susan Taylor, mm -hmm. <laughs> pinch myself, yeah. uh, the Susan Taylor. Um, and it's just a level of, you know, passion and pride and expertise and just belief in the importance of the work and to know that, you know, the community of women and men, you know, were deeply engaged mm -hmm. and, and had been even transformed on this journey of the stories in essence as a mirror to, you know, just the 
the journey of being, you know, in in this country. And so it was it was quite special. So while people probably weren't in the room talking behind your back, like, oh, she only got this because she's black. What what were the challenges at Essence? Well, same challenges as with, you know, the other um, with the industry in general, yeah. um, because at that point, you know, digital, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, became a reality. And, and, you know, while, you know, magazine subscriptions in the publishing industry um, was still at its peak, that's when, you know, people started to divert their attention to social media and digital properties. And so it was a time of great change. And um, Essence, um, frankly, was in many ways ahead of the curve because, you know, the co-founders always envisioned a broader um, like entertainment company for Essence and, mm -hmm. and, and always saw Essence as a brand. So whether there were not only Essence books, but you know, a television show and an Essence festival and apparel, um, it was always considered a brand, a lifestyle. And you know, in that regard, you know, Essence was you know better positioned to withstand you know what were the challenges um, of increasingly. Uh, magazine publishing company operating in a digital world. Mm. So from Essence, you're here, the yes. Apollo Theater. And the Apollo Theater will face some of those same challenges. It's, it's a place with someone's heritage, history, tradition, mm -hmm. and things are changing in the world. We're in the technology world. People may not be coming out to see plays as much. How do you plan on creating innovation here? Well, the, the beautiful part is that the Apollo has always been an innovator. Um, that's in its, you know, bones. And, you know, from the beginning and what will be 90 years <laughs> next year, the beginning, you know, artists came here to be great. They could be themselves, um, which is what changed culture. And, and, you know, it's a unique position, you know, that the Apollo has played um, in Harlem, in New York City, in the world. Uh, and to bring in the very best artists, um, you know, from, of course, we think about Ella and you know Luther and James Brown Luther, and, yes. <laughs> and um, but artists came here to be great and and to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. They made each other um, even better at their craft, and it didn't hurt that the audience was very engaged yes. <laughs> as well, <laughs> and that brought out the best um, in artists. Also, there. You know, many artists that were booed on this stage. Uh, <laughs> I just heard, I heard all about it. <laughs> yes. yes, but yeah. that made them better. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that's that's unique. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, um, you know, the 
you know, audience patterns are changing. Um, again, you know, the, the digital reality, um, you know, the hybrid space that many of us live in, it changes, you know, but the Apollo itself has adapted, you know, over time and, and I believe will continue to do so. And that's where the Apollo is poised now, um, thanks to the leadership of Jonelle, you know, the longtime board leadership of Dick Parsons. We're sitting here with a soon-to-be expanded campus, um, a soon-to-be renovated theater, and that's an exciting time to push forward when others may be thinking about, you know, how are we adapting to the change? You know, what's happening here is expansion, modernization, um, real opportunity for a next phase of growth. So are you able to tell us about the expanded campus, all the renovations that are coming up? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, we're, we're excited about the Victoria Theater um, that is you know, under renovation and will launch next year. So there will be two new artistic spaces um, in the Victoria Theater, just two doors down, that will be managed by our programming team led by Camilla Forbes. Mm -hmm. And so more space for artists, uh, you know, more opportunity for the creative workforce that we're developing here. And we'll also move our offices into the Victoria, Victoria Theater space. Um, so that'll be exciting for the, for the staff as well. And a whole new slate of programming there um, for artists and you know, the community to enjoy. And this is all for the 90th year. Uh, well, yes, it'll be for the 90th year, yeah. but also the renovation okay. of this historic storied venue um, that will happen commence next summer. Well, Michelle, can we expect any other big names? I know y'all had Drake in January, I want to say, and yes. we're looking for Beyonce. Can we expect <laughs> anybody soon? Well, more to come. More to come. Um, but it, it is wonderful that, and important that artists still, you know, appreciate, revere, you know, this venue. And so, yes, recently Drake, Alicia Keys, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, Coldplay and others, Jennifer Hudson have been here in this stage and we will continue to welcome, you know, our favorite artists um, here in this season our and next. Our favorite artists, Michelle, <laughs> our favorite well, we artists. Favorites. <laughs> we all have favorites. <laughs> well, what is most exciting to you about being the CEO of the Apollo Theater? Oh, it's the culture work, yeah. you know, this is, you know, the opportunity to work, you know, with, to do work that supports artists and art. Um, that's, and to do that with community mm -hmm. and, and with an incredible staff, um, a very supportive board in our chair, Charles mm -hmm. Phillips, um, and to have such support from the state and the city and from very generous foundations, corporations, individual donors. There are so many people who support 
the Apollo and want to see its continued success and you know embrace its importance um, within the city and that's a very special place to be in not only the artists um, that love the Apollo as well well could you leave us with three pieces of advice you have for any young woman or man who wants to achieve the kind of success that you've obtained throughout your career? Well, I, you know, I would say, you know, first and foremost, um, to love what you do. Find something that you love, and if you love it, you'll you'll work hard at it. It won't feel like work. Yeah. It'll just feel like something that, you know, you, you receive a lot of gratification, you know, from doing. And, and then I would say seek not just to work, but to, you know, make, make things better. You know, it's not maintenance, this world moves forward at such a fast clip and to be a part of that change um, and embrace change and drive change. I think that's exciting. And, and then thirdly, I would say find something where you can be of service, where you can help others be a part of your community. Um, that's that's invaluable, invaluable to be of service. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Thank you very much, Rosemary.